0: Get ready! Hello and welcome to College Talk. It's your host, Beth Brandon. Um, Just a couple reminders before we dive in to our third episode in our mini series about grad school. This one is all about medical school. So, Definitely buckle up. It's it's pretty info heavy, but it's great, great, great information. So remember, the FAFSA deadline was March 1st. If you missed it, still do it. You can probably get Pell Grants and um, access to federal student loans, which usually have a lower interest rate, and it's also a fixed interest rate, which can be super helpful uh, when it comes to repaying them later on. So, uh, you know, still do the FAFSA if you missed that deadline. Remember, we have that new website, podcast, podcastcollegetalk.weebly.com, full of great information. If you're a junior in high school, there's info for you. If you're a parent or family member of a student, there's info for you. If you're a college student and you need some uh, study materials, yeah, you know what? There's info for you. So definitely check out that website. And uh, please remember, as you're listening to this, if you've gotten some good information Or if there's something you want to see us improve, give us a rating, subscribe, and comment on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or on castbox.fm. Thanks so much, and enjoy the podcast. All right, I am here with Jake Nelson. And Jake, I'm going to go ahead and let you kind of introduce uh, the program you're in and the school that you are at.
1: Uh, Yeah, so... And I am a medical student at the University of Michigan um, currently in the middle of my third year uh, and about to take my second board exam Ooh.
0: and you said that you kind of decided in a, on a direction when uh, I was it when do you kind of decide that in that process
1: yeah so I had a um, somewhat untraditional route to medical school I um, originally went to undergrad at Western Michigan University mm-hmm. with um, plans to be a uh, major in economics and political science. It was probably around the third year. I had done an internship with the state representative of Flint. Really enjoyed that, um, but felt like the best parts of that job were interacting directly with the people. hmm um, Kind of reflected on that after that year and decided that maybe I'd give medicine a try. Um, mm-hmm. So it was a last minute switch, uh, added an extra two years to undergrad, I got a job in the ER at the time, which kind of confirmed that I thought about the job and it was the like moment of, yeah, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then went from there.
0: Nice. Um, so can you talk a little bit about the application process for med school?
1: Yeah. So the application for a uh, process for medical school is pretty intense. As mm-hmm. far as graduate programs go, um, the major requirements, so uh, medical schools will post what their requirements are as far as undergrad work goes. It's usually pretty standard throughout. Um, major things are uh, mostly biology classes, getting through chemistry, particularly organic chemistry, and then physics in some places are even requiring psychology now. Um, so that's step one, and then yes. step two is getting your MCAT, which is our uh, medical college admissions test, which mm-hmm. is our standard test. Um, and you want to be generally in the top half of test takers, uh, but it's not a end all be all. Okay. And then after you do those two things, um, you go through. There's a online process through what's called the American Academy or American Association of Medical Colleges, Um, and you put your application through this website, Um, they'll ask a bunch of questions, they'll have you write essays, the big one being the personal statement, and then they will send those out to all of the schools that you wanted to go to, Mm. and then those schools will contact you with even more essays to do. Um, (laughs) And then you'll, then you'll start going on the interview trail. So it's a little bit of a long process.
0: Okay. So, um, if, if you are like kind of in undergrad right now, if you have an idea of what medical school you want to attend later on, should you be looking at their requirements? Like as early as maybe sophomore or junior year?
1: Yeah, I would look or probably if you're thinking of medical school in general, looking sophomore year. Okay. uh, If you're looking for a particular, a particular program, um, Definitely look at it at that time. Okay. But I think you want to cast a wide net. Okay.
0: Um, how many schools, like, just kind of from your experience, you know, how many schools would you suggest, like, eh, this is probably, like, a good ballpark number to apply for? Uh,
1: yes, yeah, so that would depend heavily on resume. If okay. you are sitting at a 3.9, your MCAT score is in the 90th percentile, and you've got a couple of extra things on your resume that kind of stand out, mm-hmm. you're probably good applying to five to 10. Okay. Um, if you are on the lower end of an acceptance, which is a three, roughly a three, two, three, three, mm-hmm. um, and your MCAT score is around 500 to 505. Uh, you'll probably want to apply to 30 or so. And okay. then, um, there's so I, I should add, there's two programs. There's, the MD program and a DO program. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of either of those programs, you're certified to be a physician, and you can go to any residency program. So that's it's not really a big deal which you go to. Mm-hmm. But the DO programs generally uh, are a little bit easier to get into from an academic standard, okay? Because they look at your application much more holistically than an MD program will.
2: Mm, okay.
0: So how did you prep? Uh, for your application experience,
1: so coming in a little bit later, I was fortunate i my GPA was pretty solid to start mm-hmm. out with, so I didn't have to focus too much about some people have to refocus and um, build that part of their resume up. I didn't have to focus on that too much. okay um, I got a job in the medical field as a scribe uh, and Usually people want to work either as a scribe or a patient care assistant Mm -hmm. um, and assisted living facilities, some sort of patient care thing. Mm -hmm. And then the third thing I was really looking at was getting either research or teaching in. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, again, was lucky enough to get both. I got a job as a tutor and then um, was part of a social science research group. Um, We didn't get any publications or anything out of that, but it was still something to talk about during interviews. Yeah. Those are the things I focused on kind of building experience through. Um, and then the MCAT, I had lightly prepped for about nine, six to nine months. And, <laughs> and I, I mean, I say lightly as in reading. Yeah. Um, and then my last month, I really focused in
0: on that. Okay. So that was almost, I mean, that's almost a whole year that you were really prepping for that test. So it's it's pretty big. I mean, I remember you studying and stuff for it. Um, mm-hmm. and it was pretty intense.
1: Yeah, I, I maybe went a little bit overboard with that. The reason I did it that way was because I didn't have any history with psychology classes or sociology classes.
2: Mm. Um,
1: so I really had to teach that to myself,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, cause that is on the MCAT test. And then the other things, uh, were what I had crammed at the last, okay you know, one to two months to be okay. better at
0: so. definitely um so kind of now that i mean you're you're halfway through your third year midway through, through your third year what are some things that you wish you'd have like you'd have, you'd have known when you started uh, the program
1: yeah uh, so the program that i went to is a one year didactic we spent one year in the classroom and mm-hmm. then three years in the clinic. Uh, typical med school goes two years didactic and then two years in the clinic.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's always hard, I think, for anybody to kind of predict how you will like a program or react to a program.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and with respect to the, the one I'm in, it was very intense. Uh 80-hour 80 weeks, eighty-two, to 100-hour weeks for oh, um, the second year. Mm-hmm. And then the year prior to that, it was still around six fifty to 60. So mm-hmm. it was pretty intense for those two years. Um, with that said, we have great results with our board exams mm-hmm.
2: um,
1: throughout the entire med school. And uh, being on the back half, we get to kind of explore a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So... That is useful to know, is is your program a two-year or is it a one-year and Mm -hmm. three-year? The other big thing I would say is I I didn't know much about PAs or nurse practitioners, so PAs are physician assistants, Mm -hmm. and then NPs are nurse nurse practitioners, um, which are programs that are abbreviated roughly two years in length that allow you to practice in a clinical setting and take care of patients in essentially the same way a physician would. Mm -hmm. Um, So I maybe would have explored those options a little bit more, Okay, but I still feel like I probably would have went the medical school route.
2: Gotcha.
0: I I think another question I have is, is like, what's something that you want students who are thinking about applying to med school to know? Like we kind of talked about the prep and how long and how much you studied for the MCATs, and then, um, you know, kind of a little bit of the rest of the application process. But, like, what's something that students should pay attention to when they're researching schools or when they're thinking about starting that, you know, starting the application process or even starting to study for the MCATs?
1: Yeah, so when you're researching schools, I would say focus very heavily on the culture at that school. Uh, One of the great things at U of M that we have is there is a great culture of taking student feedback into account. Mm. So they very much encourage us to fill out evaluations of people that we work with, of um, parts of, like of our curriculum, like the cardiology section, um, what we thought of that. Did we think that the tests reflected the material taught? All those things. Mm. Um, so. There's really this great culture of trying to figure out how do we constantly get better. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing I would say is you want to review the placement of your medical schools. And what I mean by that is at the end of medical school, what percentage of people match into a residency program Mm -hmm. that they ranked in their top three or five, Okay, um, which kind of tells you did I get to pick where I wanted to be after high school? Um, What was the second
0: half of your question, sorry? And just, like, things to really kind of look for when they're thinking, you know, they're about to start the application process, Um, you know, like kind of how did you organize yourself, but then also, like, before they start studying for the MCATs too, same kind of thing is, like, what are some tips and tricks to kind of organize yourself in that? Because it sounds like it's a ton to juggle.
1: Yeah, so I would say, let's start with the MCAT because that's in the chronological order. That's
2: Mm. the first
1: thing that you would um, cover. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: When I was prepping for the MCAT, I took a practice test a year out just to see where am I at in relation to where do I want to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And I actually, like, did pretty terribly on that first one. I think I was in the 10th percentile of test takers. So that, and that's not to discourage anybody because you will shoot up in the score as long as you focus and study. Mm
2: -hmm. Um, But
1: I kind of use that to say like, wow, I actually have a long way to go. Mm -hmm. And I used that practice test because they broke it down by section to identify where my weaknesses were at. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I got the, so there's different book sets that you can get. I got the Kaplan ones, um, but there's, like, the Princeton Review and a few others. Um, And I used those to go to the section that I was weakest at, um, read that material, use their practice questions to solidify that knowledge and continue that process. So I would say when you're getting yourself organized, Find your baseline, figure out where you're weakest at, mm-hmm. and then get resources to target those weaknesses. Um, and also, I hear a lot of people say, like, oh, I'm not a great test taker. Mm. There are great books on how to take the MCAT out there as well. So mm-hmm. you can get an entire book just on test-taking strategies for the MCAT specifically.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um,
1: And then the other thing I would suggest is try to set up, if you know when you're going to take your, when you want to take your test, Mm -hmm. try to set up the semester before you take that test with two or three classes that are going to be on that test, so organic chemistry and physics or something like that. That way you don't have to try to study for your MCAT, Mm -hmm. but at the same time be taking all these low-yield classes for that MCAT.
0: Right. It's kind of helping you prep anyway. Right. Um, and then
1: when you're getting your application around, the biggest thing I would say that med schools are looking for now is uh, resiliency and then a ability to reflect on experiences and have this broad view of the world. So one of the things that I've noticed in the last two or three years is we take care of people of all different walks of life. And Mm -hmm. it's incredibly important to be able, even if you don't understand their experience fully, just to be able to find a way to connect with people. Mm -hmm. So when you're getting ready to fill out your application, um, your GPA and your MCAT, your scores are what they are. Mm -hmm. but ways you can shine are writing about your work experience. Um, I wrote about working in a factory and how people who work in those conditions, especially in rural communities have, you know, both financial, but then a physically demanding financial issues, but then a physically demanding job on top of that, that Mm -hmm. makes them have to come to the hospital more. Um, I wrote about in my personal statement, you'll get to write a whole essay about yourself called Your Personal Statement, mm-hmm. uh, and I'll, I want to dive deeper into that a little bit later, yeah. but just to give the overview I wrote about um, how that work in that factory combined with my work in Flint and my work as a social sciences researcher all have allowed me to develop skills and Put me in a position where I can connect with multiple different people and establish trust and um, rapport, so that they trust me when I'm helping them navigate hard medical situations. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you wanna you, you wanna reflect on your experiences from college and kind of highlight why you like what skills you've gained and why that will translate well to being a doctor.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, and that's huge. Cause I like, in my mind, you know, you think very much of like the medical and like the, the bio, the chem, the physics, the MCAT, like those academic scores are going to be, and they are still really important, but like, that's going to be where it's at. But like you're talking about the, the ability to connect and to have empathy and listening skills and all these other things that, um, you know, you really have to kind of make sure you tie in other experiences in college to make sure you have those. And um, that's huge because I don't think that's something that, like, I know I wouldn't have necessarily thought about that as, like, a strength or a skill um, on my
1: end. Yeah, and I think that's where a lot of applicants for medical school um, kind of miss, the, they, they miss that chance. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the big reasons why people who have, like, people who have great resumes um, in terms of numbers and grades uh, and even job experience don't get interviews because in their personal statements, they simply talk about their skills as if they are, like, these transactional things that they just acquired or, or, you know, I worked for this. And therefore now I have this skill and they don't talk about how it translates to this more human element of connecting with the people that you are, you know, you're not in charge of them, but you're really like guiding them through this experience that they have no knowledge of and they're going to be scared about. And you have to be able to keep them calm throughout that and willing to go through treatments or willing to... um, you know take medications every day like just all these small things that contribute to their health
0: overall yeah and even just communicating like the importance of that to them through that fear and through all those feelings of stress and you know I I think about obviously it's not in the same aspect but when I talk to students and they're stressed about like well I might lose my financial aid I might you know not be able to you know if I don't have my financial aid I can't live on campus if I can't live on campus I'm gonna do worse anyway and like all these things start to snowball and you know, having the skills to kind of connect with someone and walk them through all that stress so they can actually hear what they have to do to, in your case, get healthy again, or at least manage symptoms, in my case, like, get, you know, back on track. Like, it, it, it really, like, it just encompasses so, so many skills that you can really only get with, like, you know, by putting yourself out there and, and experiencing them. That's really, really cool.
1: Right. I think uh, like uh, there's a great example of somebody who is. Um, so, U of M will pay for a cab within a certain radius of the city. Wow. And, and this person lived just slightly out of this radius. Mm. And they needed to have a surgery. But they couldn't get to
0: their surgery on time. And it was the third or fourth time they had to cancel. Ah.
1: Um, and the resident asked the attending, and this is like the highlight that. I don't, and I'm not trying to say anything negative about the resident because this is a common thing in medicine that we deal with Yeah. that sometimes isn't for, like, such good reasons as this patient has, but the resident says something to the effect of, you know, do you ever discharge somebody for missing so many appointments? Mm. Um, and the attending's like, no, I feel bad for this woman. She can't get here yeah. to have the thing that she needs to have done. Um, So, and he was a person who then took an extra 30 minutes to try to figure out a way for her to come so -hmm. that she could have this procedure done. So that's kind of the people that they're looking to find are the ones who are willing to go the extra mile for the person who can't get the care that they need or, like, just misses it because they don't have transportation or they don't have money to get there or something like that.
0: Yeah. that's awesome. You mentioned the the personal statement and maybe diving deeper on that. I'd I'd like to go back to that because I I know you mentioned like you write uh, essays for this kind of over overarching application process and then you have to do more. My assumption is that first one really is that like personal statement, right? Like the big one.
1: Yeah. So for the uh, medical school application that everybody fills out, there's uh, a chance to put in think 10 to 15 experiences
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you get to write like a small paragraph about each individual one and then the personal statement is this uh, like I feel like it's five to six paragraph narrative about yourself
2: mm-hmm.
1: and the things that you're trying to convey in that pair in that five paragraph um, paper is essentially Who I am? Why am I applying to medical school in the first place? Why do I want to be a doctor? Um, What things have I done that will make me a better doctor? Um, And what will I bring to this class Mm -hmm. that's unique? Mm -hmm. Um, And I like won't go too in depth. With my own one, but just an overview, I wrote about, like I said, the factory and um, working in Flint and the uh, social sciences research one. Um, I also talked about my dad, who was sick at the time, who wasn't getting the care that he needed, and I have laid that all that those experiences into. You know, I have a very vested interest in. Getting underserved populations access to care.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, which isn't, you know, I will be really good at picking out the blood pressure medication for these people. Mm-hmm. Another person that I know wrote about their experience in mathematics and how they wanted to use mathematical models to make it easier for physicians to pick the right. Um, medications for people Whoa. in a certain sphere of I think is like endocrinology or something.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so it's you want to make it unique to you, and you want to make it this thing of this is a skill and a talent I have, yeah, or a drive that I have that makes me unique in this, you know, five thousand application pool that you have to sift
0: through. Yeah. Wow. Um. I guess, you know, kind of looking at that, is there any other advice, you know, uh, that you think you would give to students?
1: To reflect heavily on, like I said, why you want to be a physician, it's, it's, and it's hard to know the experience of going through medical school Mm -hmm. until you've done it. I feel like that's the same for any job, right? Yeah. It's what you imagine it to be, and then there's what it really is. Right. Um, (laughs) um, So I would say, like, it's to people who want to work directly with patients and be a, you know, just a person who sees people who are sick. Um, And I say just a person, but, like, I don't mean that lightly. Um, But, like, physician assistants and nurse practitioners have a much quicker way into the clinic,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know. They, like I said, they do two years. They don't have to do a residency program,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and they can start treating people um, after those two years. Um, they can switch jobs uh, if they are inclined to. They don't. They, if a physician wanted to do a different specialty, they have to do a different residency. Gotcha. So I would say, like, reflect on. How much, And there's also the challenge of you never know what your future self will want. <laughs> right, right. Um, but reflect on you know, how much time do I want to spend at work? Do I want to be responsible for everything after hours? And on the weekends, um, do I want to do mainly research? You know, should I do a Ph.D. versus an M.D.? Should I do a combined M.D.-Ph.D. program? Mm -hmm. Um, So really try to figure out, like, what your goal in the medical system is Mm -hmm. because there are a lot of different pieces and a lot of different ways that you can pursue that goal. And if you find that medical school is still for you, um, focus on all those things. Like I said, pick a thing in undergrad that you're interested in that's not directly tied to medicine either, mm-hmm. I would say.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, because that also is going to be something for you to be able to talk about, but also it's going to keep you kind of in the medical field. We get stuck into our job, and it can at times feel like it's very consuming.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but to have that you know, single thing that you did that didn't have anything to do with medicine before is actually a really good grounding um, force yeah. in people's lives. Um, I like to play basketball, so, like, it's really nice when patients come in and I can talk sports with them, you know? Yeah, yeah,
0: definitely. Gives you something to kind of uh, create more of an even playing field and, again, that connection piece.
1: Right, and you're not just, like, you're not just this, like, sciencey side cyborg. Yeah, yeah, yeah
0: awesome jake thank you so much um especially because right now i'm sure your schedule is uh really wild so thank you so much for taking time out and and chit-chatting with me i really appreciate it
1: awesome yeah thank you for having me um i was really i was, I was gonna say i was surprised when i heard that you had a podcast then i thought about it. i was like no this is, this is totally a best thing <laughs> um but thank you for having me on um I hope I didn't ramble too much at a certain point
0: no honestly perfect I hope it's
1: helpful for people applying Um, I guess one more thing I would add like every medical school is going to look for something different in their class
2: Mm.
1: Um, so like don't feel the need to try to please every single program Mm -hmm. Um, just like keep those basics in mind and then the rest of it may be your own
0: nice Awesome. Thank you. And to all of our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, Please remember to rate, comment, or subscribe. It helps us with all of those super fun and tricky algorithms. Um, Gosh, thank you, as always, uh, for stopping by and chatting with us here on College Talk.